Welcome to the I Have ADHD podcast, where it's all about education, encouragement, and coaching for adults with ADHD. I'm your host, Kristen Carter, and I have ADHD. Let's chat about the frustrations, humor, and challenges of adulting, relationships, working, and achieving with this neurodevelopmental disorder. I'll help you understand your unique brain, unlock your potential, and move from point A to point B. Hey, what's up? This is Kristen Carter, and you're listening to the I Have ADHD podcast, episode number 193. I am medicated, I am caffeinated, and I am ready to roll. Happy New Year! How are you? Welcome. Come on in. Join me, join me. I am so glad that you are here with me today. It's January in Pennsylvania, which means it's absolutely freezing, like the coldest. And the thing with Pennsylvania winters is that it's not a dry cold. We don't get a ton of those like crisp, dry, cold days. We get a lot of damp cold, which means it goes straight through me, right to my bones. But I'm really, really, really trying to embrace winter this year. I think that might be like my resolution for the year. Embrace winter. I'm trying so hard. Being outside is so healing for me. I've always known that, but in the last two years, it has really become so obvious that it's not something that I can avoid. I really, really, really need to do it. But in the past, I've kind of been a hermit in the winter. I don't usually go out for walks. I just stay inside and complain. (laughs) I just stay inside and complain a lot, okay? But this year, I'm trying to change this about myself. One of the ways I'm like really working toward this change is I've given myself permission to just buy weather appropriate clothing. There's a saying that I've heard a couple times from a couple different places. It goes like this. There's no such thing as bad weather, only unsuitable clothing. Or there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad gear. It's a quote that I think's been attributed to Alfred Wainwright, but I've also heard that it's like a Norse saying, so I'm not exactly sure where it originated, but I've really tried to take it to heart this year. What does it mean if there's no such thing as bad weather? That means I can go on a hike in the colds. It means I can hike in the wind and I can hike in the rain, even the cold January rain, if I have the appropriate gear. So I went out. I bought myself some snow pants, like the kind with the bib, like the overall snow pants, (laughs) some weatherproof, like waterproof hiking boots and a warm vest and hat and gloves. I'm just really trying to invest in practical, not cute, practical pieces of weather appropriate gear that will help me to brave the Pennsylvania winter and get outside in nature because I like myself so much better when I get outside and hike. Sometimes it's a rage hike. Sometimes it's just like an enjoy nature hike. It depends on the day, okay? So if you need someone to co-sign making movement or getting into nature a little easier for you, here you go. Kristen Carter co-signs it. Make it as easy as possible. Spend a little money if you need to. I used to like intentionally not meet this need for myself. I would be like, you shouldn't have to spend so much money in the winter. It shouldn't be this hard. You should just do it with the coat that you have. Just deal with it, which now when I look back is so silly. And it's the exact reason why I've spent the last 40 winters of my life indoors. That's that's a lot. And I want to change it. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I should just mention right after I record this intro, I'm going to 
lace up my waterproof hiking boots and I'm going to throw on a vest because it's not very, very cold out at all. And I'm going to go for a hike. And it's actually a balmy 37 and sunny today. 37 degrees and sunny. And I'm going to let that sunshine warm up my face and I'm going to feel the wind and I'm going to hear the birds chirp and the ground crunch underneath my feet. And it's going to be amazing. Okay. (laughs) Enough. You know too much. You know too much. Let's move on. I'm curious. Have you ever wondered why... You can be so smart and know exactly what to do, but not be able to make yourself do the thing that you know you need to do. Have you ever had a week-long fight with your partner and not been able to get to the bottom of why you're so mad at the person that you love the most in the whole world? Have you ever secretly wanted to cure your ADHD so that you can feel calm? (laughs) The answer to all these questions for me is yes and What I love about ADHDers and just humans in general, it's shocking how alike we are. And I'm really looking forward to sharing these coaching sessions with you because I know they're going to be so helpful to you. If you don't already know, I'm a life coach for adults with ADHD. I've been coaching for about three and a half years. And in that time, I've coached over a thousand adults with ADHD, which is absolutely wild. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I've coached on it all, and I know that sharing these coaching conversations with you will be so helpful to you as you navigate life with ADHD. So I want you to notice how similar you are to each client who is being coached. And I invite you, apply the coaching that I offer to them to yourself. You can change your whole life this way. I've done it. I've changed my whole life by listening to others being coached in my former coach's coaching program. And I have seen this happen in my own coaching program. Hearing other people identifying with their struggles and being able to apply the coaching that's offered to them to yourself can change your whole dang life. I hope this is so helpful to you. Please enjoy. There he is. I recognize that picture from Slack. Hello. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you. How can I help you today? Well, as you, uh, as you noted, I am, I am new. I've been in just over a month. Okay, cool. uh, um, My story is uh, uh, very briefly that I, I was diagnosed about 30 years ago. Okay. um, Was given a prescription that didn't really do anything for me and no other tools. And then I just kind of spent the next 30 years um, forgetting that I had ADHD and Relatable. You know, kind of floundering around and not really doing the things at, at any, anywhere near the kind living the, the kind of life or, or at the kind of level that I, that I wanted. And I, did a, I had a bunch of careers and I just started a new one. And it is because of the starting the new one, which is real estate, Okay, cool. uh, that I decided that I need to revisit this, this diagnosis because I am completely overwhelmed with information. You know, I've always felt like I was a pretty, pretty smart cookie and I did really well in school. And which is why I went till the age of 30 or so without ever, nobody ever noticing that Mm I had these issues. Um, but the transition into the new into the new field is, I'm 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 completely overwhelmed. 
with the demands of the training. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's not like anything so complicated. It's all pretty simple, but there's just so much of it. I don't know what to do first. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know how to manage my time. And every single little thing in my schedule that comes up that I'm not anticipating can throw me off for a whole day. Yep. Like I woke up at four today, which never, ever happens. And I got some of my work done. I got, but then I, now I'm just off again. (laughs) Okay. I have a question for you. What accountability do you have in place right now to help you? meet the demands of what is required of you? Um, very little. The, the re- for, the, for the real estate, it's, uh, you know, I work on my own at home. Uh, my brokerage is virtual, so I don't have an office to go into. Um, and it's really up to me how much, how much effort or time I put into it and uh, how I spend that time. Yeah. So I think that's probably a problem that, I think, I think probably that we could identify that as being like the main issue here. It's not that you're not smart enough. It's not that you don't have the time. It's not that you don't have the resources. Am I understanding those things correctly? Yeah. Yeah. It's more like people talk about um, businesses like real estate or other ones. Like, it's so great. You just work at your own pace. You just do it whenever you want. That's actually not great for us. We actually really need the accountability. When you think about when you were in school, how successful you were, there's so much structure. There's so much accountability. There's like mid-semester progress reports and there's papers due at certain times and there's feedback constantly. Your brain really like that, right? Mm -hmm. So I think understanding yourself And just knowing like, oh, I need to have those accountabilities in place. Like if we just accept that as true, let's just play. We're we're just playing here. Let's just accept that as true. What would you do to solve that? Well, the first thing I would do is make sure that I had somebody, I I got somebody in place, like a partner to be accountable to. Yeah. An assistant can do the same. Yeah. Yeah. You can literally hire someone to hold you accountable if you don't want to go the partner route. Those have been the most valuable things that my assistants bring to me. So I have a director of operations and an assistant. But even when it was just like one person working with me, the most valuable thing was knowing they were expecting something from me at a certain time. So I have an email list. My email list does not care if I email them or not, right? But yeah. if I tell my assistant, hey, I'm going to get that email to you tomorrow so you can schedule it, then I have some accountability there. Then I'm like, okay, now I have an actual reason to write this email. Not just the reason of like, I really should do it. It's something that I should do. All business owners have to send emails, right? It's like those kinds of fake deadlines that we give to ourselves, for some people that works. It doesn't seem like you're the kind of person that that's going to work for. And guess what? Neither am I. I have to build in more accountability for myself. And it sounds like that's something that would be really helpful to you too. Yeah. I think looking back at the, at the things that I've done in my life, 
where I succeeded. It was mm. all because there were, it was all because that accountability was there. And even if I created it, because I've owned my totally. own business, I've owned my own business before. Yeah. I've created a job for my the last job that I had. I created it and I created all the deadlines because it was a totally nebulous job when I took yeah. it. But I put the structure in over time. Yeah. And after a while, it was operating. It was very, I knew what I had to do almost every day. Yeah. And I knew when I had to get it done and I got it all done. And that was, it was like, you know, dopamine rush, dopamine rush, dopamine rush. <laughs> One million percent. Um, One million percent. Yeah. This is going, I want you to think of this in the same light. Right now, it's all just kind of like, it, it seems like you're just carrying a weight, like this big, huge like if you think about a laundry machine, a washing machine, that's kind of like on the spin cycle. And you're just like carrying that on your back, just like everything's spinning and you're just like carrying it. And what we need to do is take out each individual piece of clothing and know exactly what goes where and when it's needed and who's in charge of it and who you're responsible to give it to, right? Instead of just having it spin and wake you up at 4 a.m. Yeah. So when you say an assistant, getting back Mm. to that, Mm. that just brings up fear, fear of money, fear of money. Oh, fear of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was fear of vulnerability. That's why I did the poochie lip because for me, it's like the vulnerability of like someone else seeing my messiness. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, I mean, I, I left. I left the job to do what I'm doing now, and like every time I talk, you know, my wife and I, you know, try to make these decisions together. And when yeah. I, and I, I kept telling her, "Oh, I, so I need, I need, I need this kind of coaching." She's like, "Well, why don't you let's make some money first before you pay for additional coaching? Not, not this coaching, but mm-hmm. real estate coaching." And like, she's going to say the same thing about an assistant. So I'm going to, mm-hmm. I think, really. And, and, and I, if I were in her place, I would say the same thing. I think, mm. I think, you know, we don't really have the resources mm-hmm. um, unless we make some significant additional sacrifices. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think finding the partner, I mean, there's a lot of real estate agents out there that are also starting, mm-hmm. but also probably, I think it would be easier to find, find a, a colleague who's a partner to do yeah. this with. I think that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that what you can use for yourself is it doesn't have to be permanent. I wouldn't sign any permanent agreements. Yeah. I think it would be amazing to start out with like a trial period and, you know, like, let's see how this goes that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Don't commit to anything um, long-term, but what you want to do is see if it can work for you. <laughs> and if it works, amazing. That's amazing. The truth is that either way, there's going to need to be some um, trial and error. There's going to need to be maybe like this person isn't the right partner. Maybe I go find someone else. It's probably the same with an assistant. It's very rare to get the perfect as- assistant, you know, a compatible fit the first time. So not, none of this is like, I don't want to offer the fantasy of like, this is an easy solution. You know, like it's going to take some finesse either way, whether we're finding a partner who's compatible or an assistant who's compatible. 
what I would start saying to your wife, if you don't mind me being bossy, is, hey, I'm realizing I need a lot more accountability. I'm willing to do that at first through trying to work with a partner. I understand finances are a little tight. I understand that you know I, I don't want to over-invest in this business. And so I'm willing to do that through working with a partner, but I want to give, you know, in six months, if this hasn't improved, I want to invest in hiring an assistant and just like start laying the groundwork for that. She's going to have to like wrap her brain around some things. Right. And that's totally understandable. Maybe finding a partner or a colleague to work with is a beautiful solution. Yeah, I, it you know the more I think about it, the more I think that's that's what I that's what I really need. It's somebody who's doing the same thing I'm doing and has to learn the same things that I'm learning. Yeah, and who also who also might need need an accountability partner. Yeah, so, so it's not. I don't think there's any perfect solution, right? It's it's like building a structure with your ADHD. The medication is if it works for you, medication is great, but it doesn't teach you how to like function. Right. And like, then the, um, like therapy is good, but then how do you work on your mind? It's like all of these things that we need to begin to implement. And so give yourself time to just try a couple things out. That's been, the, that's, what's been the hardest, uh, with, with this, that I'm, tr- I'm trying to internalize the, the acceptance part yeah, so of hard. this whole thing. Uh, and after a month, of 30 years of denial, you know, yeah. a month and also having my son diagnosed last week as well. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, it, there's a lot, I have a lot to, on my plate and I like, yeah. you know, it is overwhelming and I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be gentle with myself, yeah. which is not my normal mode of operating. Yeah. Um, so I'm learning that too. Yeah. And I want to just like the patient's part is hard for everyone when they enter the program because they're like, okay, like, let's go ahead and cure it. Let's go ahead and like, make it go away. Let's go ahead and make all of like the last 50 years of this obnoxious disorder just disappear. And the truth is like the letting go of it happening immediately and just accepting like, okay, this is the journey. Some days I'm going to feel amazing. And other days I'm going to be really mad at myself that I don't feel any better now than I did 10 years ago. And we kind of like swing back and forth. And eventually we have more good days than bad, but it's just not a linear process. And it's usually not a fast process. It, it is a deep process and you're doing it. But it's the hard part then is like bringing people <laughs> along for the journey, right? So like yeah. you're doing it, but then like, well, how does wife feel about spending? Like it's all, it's complicated. The web of it is just, it's, it is complicated. You're doing it. Little by little. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> little baby, the, the baby steps are like the baby steps are just so hard to learn how to take. Like mm-hmm. I want want to run I want to you know want to jump want to run get it get it done you're right Right. it's uh the hard the hardest part is to be able to go slow and be okay with it Hmm. yeah and be able to take two steps forward and three steps back without spiraling 
in shame and stagnating because of that spiral. Yeah. Like, oh no, this is just how I do it. I take two steps forward. I take three steps back, just like Paula Abdul, not quite as fun, right? <laughs> but just like Paula, we're going to take two steps forward. We take three steps back and that's how we're going to make progress. And it's okay. All right. So accountability, your job is to notice when you are feeling overwhelmed and when you're not getting things done, what is the need and your need, it seems is accountability. So then it's your responsibility to solve for that. Okay. okay? All right. All go right. do it. Now go be great. Thank you. You're this welcome, is- honey. Great to meet you. All right. All right. Who's next? Suzanne says, I'm having a harder time with accepting than I thought I would. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Felicity said, we have to accept that it's a permanent disorder. I have to live with it. Not something to be solved. Oh, that is good. I have to learn. I have to learn to scaffold my weaknesses, not make them go away. I'm going to read that again. It was so good. I have to learn to scaffold my weaknesses, not make them go away. Yeah. If we could just make them go away. I mean, that would be incredible. I'd be down for it. Hi, Kristen. Nice How to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. I uh, have been, I feel like I'm like one of those callers on the radio show. That's like caller, <laughs> first time listener, or I mean, or, you know, the other side. Yes. First time, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. Yeah. Tell me how I can help you. Um, so I get like really the best way I can describe it is like, I'm kind of having an attitude problem. Mm, Love it. (laughs) Um, specifically like with my husband, Mm -hmm. um, he is neurotypical. I got diagnosed. I mean, I, I've been, I'm kind of like one of those stereotypical, like mom in my thirties who like, Mm -hmm has been through the ringer of like bipolar depression, anxiety, like all the, like there's always been something that like is wrong with me, so to speak, but like nobody could ever figure out none of these meds were working. And then like I had kids and it was just like too, like it was just terrible. And I finally, like I found your podcast and some other, you know, things on social media. And I was like, wow, this like really resonates with me. And so I talked to my psychiatrist and he gave me, you know, the test and he was like, yeah, I agree. Um, but I was pregnant with my second kid at the time. And so that was a whole thing. Like we didn't do meds or anything. And so Mm -hmm. then I tried to do your pro I'm kind of like, I did your program for a little while. And like, I just, Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I I just wasn't there. I wasn't ready like commit to it. It just wasn't, Mm -hmm. I felt like I was wasting a bunch of money every month and not getting out Mm -hmm. anything out of it. So I like took a break for a while and, um, now I'm back. Uh, the emotional course was my like tier two that month was my tier two. So that's kind of amazing. Um, are you, did you find a medication that works well for you? So I started on my first month of, we did Ritalin this Mm -hmm. time, just because of the Adderall Mm -hmm. shortage. Um, Full disclosure, I took Adderall when I was in high school and college, because that was like the cool thing to do, but not because I had a diagnosis Mm -hmm. for it. Um, I mean, it definitely helped a lot, but I probably took 
I did it without a doctor, which I do not advocate. Don't do that. Right, right, right. right. Um, and you know, it didn't, didn't really do a lot for me mm. in, in terms of like helping mm-hmm. with the problems that I had. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm about to close out my first, first month on Ritalin and okay, we are, cool. I'm going back to my doctor actually this week to kind of talk about where we're at and how we've been doing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't love it, but I think that's a conversation for a different for time. Sure, for sure. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm really like having an attitude problem. Like that's the best way I can describe tell it. Me, tell me what you think about your husband. Um, macro, like he's amazing. I love him. He is my best friend. Mm-hmm. He obviously is the father to my kids. He's mm-hmm. awesome. He is smart and handsome and driven and loving and caring and graceful. Sounds like someone that we should never have an attitude problem with. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just lately we've been in this like rut of just like I feel like everything, like, I don't, this is a, obviously I'm on a journey and I'm trying to like change a lot of things about myself. We mm. are in therapy, like we together. And then I right. obviously am as well. Good. Um, he, he is like, he's a, he's a pilot. He flies for a major airline. So he's mm-hmm. like, I think that probably plays a little bit into it is that like, he's only here for a couple of days a week and then he leaves. And so it's like, we have these issues and like, they don't necessarily get resolved right away. Sometimes I've like moved on, but the like issue hasn't been resolved. And so then I like, we have to like, then it, you know, we go and we're fine for a while. And then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden, like something happens and it triggers the the same issue from before. And I'm like, (gasps) and I just like rage. Yeah. Uh, but I so just, what, what caused you to bring it up today? Like what, what's kind of at the core of what you want to talk about today? We, I just, I feel like he's nitpicking every single thing about me and the things that I'm doing. And when I talk to him about it, he's like, I'm just trying to help you. Like, I understand that your brain doesn't work this way. And like, I'm trying to help you. Okay. Give me an example. Take me to a specific nitpicky combo. So like literally like two days ago, yesterday, two days ago, he, I was eating like a late, like I didn't eat lunch. And so I was having like a late, like snack lunch before dinner thing. And he was eating something at that point too. And he had like warmed up some like meat or like whatever. And I was having an avocado and cottage cheese, which is like I love that. I don't know. I just, I, together? that's my career. No, no, Mixed no, no. Okay. Separately. I but like, that was, it was, I don't know. It's just a, that's my like hyper fixation. Okay. What time was it? Uh, like 3 PM okay. and, um, healthy, you know, protein carbs, you know, the things. And he was like, can you eat something more than that? And I was just like, I just like could not even respond. Cause I was just like, you know what? At least I'm freaking eating. Okay. Like I forgot to eat earlier and now I'm eating now. Like, can you just be like, either not say anything or just Uh be like, Hey. Okay. So husband says, can you eat something more than that? And your thought is what? 
or you're feeling? Give me a thought or an emotion. It's just, it's like a, it's like a tightness in my chest. I can't, I don't even have a word for it. No, it's, it's like okay. a tightness in my chest. My like, I like start sweating like my <laughs> shoulders and it just is like, I'm just like, what, like back off is like literally what I'm say. Yeah. It, like, it puts me into Can this. Can you like, feel it right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can, do you mind if we surf it just for a sec? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, so for those of you who are new or might not know, Mike says, I can feel it too. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to just stop. So notice how I stopped. I was like, let's just stop here. And we're going to surrender to what is coming up. Okay. As you let it unfold in your body, I want you to allow it to be intense. I know it can feel scary and it can feel like inappropriate. You're like, I'm just like sitting in my bed. Why am I getting so worked up? Right. But this is a beautiful time for you to let it unfold. So tell me what you're feeling. Yeah. I see a lot of like physical. It's like a, it's like a pressure in my chest. Like I feel like I can't actually breathe. Like it's just right here. And I just feel like something is like, like just pushing inside. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and it's uh-huh. like, it's starting to be a little bit, like, I don't feel as tingly anymore. Okay. Like my fingers were all tingly. And but you were, time. yep. Cause I saw you shaking them out yeah. a little bit. Yep. So it was tingly fingers. It was pressure in your chest. Yeah. Difficult breathing. Still, I'm still like feeling that pressure in my chest, but it's like getting a little bit less. Okay. So it's starting to receive. Yeah. Yeah. If you had to give that emotion a name, what do you think that was? Like, I don't know, like the word that's kind of coming to me, is like embarrassment or like shame. Yeah. Rage. Um, yeah. Exactly. A little bit of both, <laughs> but it's so like embarrassment and rage. Like, why are you watching me? Like, don't watch me do this. Yeah. Like that. Just like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it almost kind of comes back into shame. It's like, mm-hmm. like, why, like, why, like, why, like, why don't you trust me to like eat myself yeah. <laughs> or like, why can't, why don't you trust me to make decisions myself? So good. And when you felt that rage, let's go back to two days ago when you were eating the avocado and cottage cheese at 3 PM and your husband says to you, can you eat something more than that? And you start to feel that rage slash shame, which is totally fine. You can feel two things at once. What'd you do? Uh, like in that moment, I didn't, in that particular moment, I didn't say anything. Okay. So stuff it down. Yep. Um, a lot of times I. Hold on. Something. Let's just stay with this one just for a sec. Okay. okay? Cause I'm curious. So stuff it down. Don't say anything. Keep going. And I just ate my food and got up. So like like, literally no response to him. Yep. Okay. Did it end up coming out at a different time? Oh yeah. (laughs) When did it come out? Um, I mean, it just like, I, I mean, like I said, it's been like probably a week of us just kind of like 
back mm-hmm. and forth at each other. So I can't, I, I don't even remember. So maybe some passive aggressiveness, maybe yeah. some snippiness. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Is what's the thought that brought on rage? Is it, can you back off or is it like, you need to trust me to eat? What, what is that thought? Like the initial thought is like, is back off. Cause it, uh-huh. it really like, and I know that this is something like we had a therapy session yesterday, actually. And I talked to our therapist about it. Like I, I can tell now after the emotional course, more of like when I'm having just like an emotional response or like a trauma response and I can good and like that's something that my therapist and I are going to work on is like how to come out of you experience this as a trauma response do you think I I don't because it really puts me back into this like parent-child dynamic that like I can't I like I don't I don't function well in that child dynamic. Um, But it's like, which is hard. I mean, maybe it was, but at the same time, it's like, then like basically every single interaction we have is a trauma response as of lately. And that's like. So this, I want to really co-sign, 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 co-sign that commenting on someone else's food choices is a parent child thing. Yeah. Okay. And it's appropriate for you to hold a boundary of thanks. I'm an adult. I can make my own food choices. So I'm not going to coach you out of wanting him to back off with this. Okay. I'm going to co-sign it. Okay. Um, maybe three years ago, me would have uh, been like, you know, where can we find the problem here? And blah, 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 blah. And I, I think your work, which we're going to circle back to at the end of this, I know the chat's going, I want you to like, I'm focused. I'm right focused. I'm okay. turning, I'm turning it Your off. Your work is going to be to figure out where you need to back off from him. That's going to be your work. Okay. I already know where it is. Okay. Because a lot of times when we want someone to back off, we take the stand or really with anything, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing the same thing to them. And so my guess is that there are some areas where you're going to need to figure out where to back off. We're going to talk about that in a second. But first, it is extremely legitimate for you to hold the boundary of no one gets to comment on my food cho- choices. Boundary. There are certain things that grown-ups get to decide for themselves. And so your work with your therapist in this is going to be, how do I first set that boundary for myself and validate it? And then how do I communicate that to him in a way that's not 
super aggressive and like malicious. Yeah. Like back off. I hate you. Don't talk about yeah. like that's not what we're looking for. Right. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. You get to eat what you want to eat when you want to eat it. It is the privilege of being an autonomous adult human. Okay. So I'm not going to coach you out of that. I want you to understand that that rage that you feel is because a boundary is being crossed. And, and that rage is important. It is telling you, just like you said, there's this like parent child dynamic and I do not consent to it. So the dream, after you've done some work on this, the dream is to be like, please don't comment on my food choices. I know you're trying to be helpful. It doesn't feel helpful. I don't want you to talk about what I'm eating. That's the dream. I know there's a lot of steps for you to get there. And I know you're in therapy. You're seeing a therapist on your own. You're seeing a therapist with uh, your husband and you're in this program. So like, you've got a lot of support to get there, but it's not going to happen right away. Yeah. Okay. The dream is to be like, love you, but no, don't comment on what I'm eating. So when someone responds defensively, I'm just trying to be helpful. You might want to give them language for what would be helpful. Actually, what's helpful to me is, hey, is there anything else that you want to eat? I'm happy to make something for you. Oh, yeah. For me personally, that would be so helpful. Yeah. Not you're eating the wrong thing. What are you doing? You're so stupid. Right. Right. But hey, are you still hungry? I would be happy to make something for you. Yeah. So when I'm rushing out the door in the morning, my husband's sitting in his office quietly, just minding his own business, typing away. And I'm running around like a crazy woman trying to get out of the house. He will just be like, you look in a mirror and see my house. Is that what happens? (laughs) He'll be like, do you need any help? Do you want me to pack a lunch for you? He won't say if you would just start getting ready earlier, you wouldn't be in this situation right now. This is years of training, mm-hmm. right? Did not start out this way. Okay. This is years of conflict of sh- showing up autonomously, knowing that I am my own individual person with agency and, and beginning to understand and validate my own needs. I don't need you to tell me to get ready earlier. What I do need from you is, is there anything I can help you with as you're getting out the door? Yeah. Right. And then conflict with that and then figuring it out and then practicing it. Right. So it's like, it's a long process, but you will get there. That rage is valid. Okay. I'm not saying rage at him. Right. Right. Surf the rage. Understand what it's there to tell you. What is the rage telling you? That that's not okay. It's a boundary. Boundary crossing. What we've been groomed to do, most of us, I'm projecting, and you can tell me if this is incorrect. What most of us have been groomed to do in our families of origin is um, we had no choice but allow our boundaries to be crossed because it was unsafe for us if we held a boundary. Mm-hmm. Maybe physically unsafe, maybe emotionally unsafe, maybe mentally unsafe. We had no choice. And so as little kids, we had to stuff down that rage. 
We had no choice because it, it wasn't safe to say, no, I don't like that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there was consequences and punishment for not liking whatever. As an adult, your body is raging the same way that you did as a kid, but now you are safe. You're married to a great guy. He's seen, I mean, when you describe him, I'm like, he sounds great. Right. But it's the little, it's the little that shows up in those moments. What you want to do with your therapist is work toward being adult. Adult feels the rage, but she knows she's safe and she can communicate calmly. This is not how to help me. Please don't talk about my food choices. If you want to help, you can say, Hey, is there anything else you want me to make? Or you could just leave it alone because I'm really happy with what I'm eating. That's how adult is going to communicate. Yeah. I've been talking a lot. No, that's, it's, it's good. I, I needed, I, yeah, there's in, I can relate to a lot of the like newer people who are like, it's, I just try to like do everything and like get everything and figure out everything. And like, sometimes it's like, I don't know. And it's probably a, a product of, you know, mm-hmm being traumatized as a child, little T trauma of like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of like, I just like, I'm really good at gaslighting myself and be like, you're the problem. Like, why can you not like handle this? And yes. Yes. Like, yeah. And the boundaries thing is I cannot. I am a chronic people pleaser. I am a flight on person when my amygdala is triggered and I'm just like unless it's my kids. And then I'm like, no, I will, I will eat you. Like, (laughs) but like, if it's me, I'm like, Oh no, no, no. Like, this is fine. We can fix this. It's not a big deal. Like it's going to be okay. So yeah, it's just, I do. I like, this is, this has been great. Thank you. It's really helpful for me to just be like, you, this is okay. The way you're communicating is not okay, but like the, the need behind the communication is okay. Yeah. You, I, I really sense from you that you need agency over yourself. You need autonomy. And I think that that is a perfect thing to take to your therapist and be like, I've discovered needs. I, and, and, and figuring out like food is a really easy, perfect example, but figuring out what, where else this might show up. And that rage will show you that rage will be your teacher. Yeah. So guys, like, it's so important that we don't just coach ourselves out of feeling certain things, right? Which is what we, what we talked about so much in the emotional regulation course. Like if we were to just coach you out of rage, then you wouldn't be in tune with yourself and your needs and what you want as a human, which is boundaries, agency, autonomy over your own decisions. Of course, when they affect your whole family, you're going to make those decisions with your husband, but what you eat is nobody else's business. Yeah. Okay. Go be great. Thank you so much. Take all of this to your therapist. You're so welcome. Will do. Uh, Okay, good. All right. Sending a big hug. Sending a big hug. Okay. Who wants coaching today? Raise your hand. Nice to meet you. It's good to meet you too. Um, Yeah, I've uh, had a long journey with ADHD, as I'm sure a lot of us have. Um, Mm -hmm. 
found your podcast, just the normal non-focused version about mm-hmm. maybe a month ago. Oh, and wow. yeah, and that came after about six months working with a therapist, mm-hmm. just a therapist. And we kind of, I told him what made me uncomfortable. And I have a lot of um, physical uncomfortabilities. A lot of my anxiety manifests in my body, not being able mm. to sit still, not being able to ever feel like fully physically relaxed. Yeah. And um, I was just thinking I was like off the charts anxious. <laughs> just mm. like That's what I went to therapy for. And um, I've always known deep down that I had some sort of, I always just called it like an attention deficit. I, I wasn't brave enough to go all the way to like, I have ADHD. For some reason, yeah. it felt scary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my therapist after, you know, only about six months was like, I think I'm not totally qualified to handle this, but like, you definitely have ADHD and I'm going to refer you to someone else. And so I've been seeing that therapist or that um, psychiatrist. And so now I'm, now I'm here. I've arrived at knowing that you know, this is me and I'm a little bit different and that's fine. Uh, so now I'm just trying to work on, on this, on the new me on, you know, okay, I have this, this is me. Um, and I haven't, you know, haven't found a tremendous amount of success yet. Cause I know it's going to take time, yeah. but I'm working on some of the workbooks and um, essentially what I'd like coaching with today Um <sighs> I would describe it as like the, the nanosecond ADHD, the like, okay, I'm working, I'm working. And then I wake up like five minutes later and I've been, you know, humming a song, looking at the wall for like five minutes. Um, I've heard, you know, I've heard a lot of talking in these podcasts and um, I've been listening to the recorded uh, focused sessions as well about long-term planning, um, impulse control, that kind of stuff. And that's super, super helpful. But what I haven't heard a lot of is that is how to mitigate that just like all of a sudden I'm completely distracted. Like how can I start to kind of like work on that? Cause I love my job. I'm sitting exactly right here where I work and um, I'm an audio engineer and a musician, but I'll, I'll be like literally enjoying what I'm doing And then all of a sudden, I'm just, yeah, like I said, like five minutes later, I've been like humming a loop in my head, staring at some spot on the wall. And I want to try and fix that. Yeah. Okay. So my question is, what's the problem with that, with staring off into space and kind of being gone for five minutes coming back? Like, what do you see as the, as the problem there? I feel out of control. I feel like I didn't want that. (laughs) I didn't, you know, give myself permission to do that. It gets in the way. It takes so much longer to do things. Um, And also, when it happens when I'm by myself, great. When I'm with other people, that would look really rude and or weird. And so I have to wrestle with myself to not do it. And it takes so much energy. Mm. I'm curious about that because it sounds like when you're alone, it happens naturally and it's like, it doesn't feel like a choice, but when you're Mm. with people, 
you're wrestling with yourself, meaning you're, there's awareness there. So tell yeah. me about that awareness. The awareness feels like I'm very self-conscious mm. and not present with the person that I want to be present with. Mm. And um, I feel like oftentimes ADHD is this like helmet that's over my head. And I just went, just wish I could like be more present with the person that I love and who I'm, you know, right there with, mm. but there's this constant, like, you know, Oh, there's a lawnmower that just went on. I'm going to just listen to that for a while, like right while they're talking. And it yeah. just, it feels really rude and not like the person that I want to be. Mm. What's so interesting, and you've got so much to unravel, right? I mean, you're a month into like this realization and this understanding. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to throw too much at you at the beginning, because so much of the beginning is like self-discovery, really allowing yourself to kind of ease into it and mm -hmm. kind of learn and apply and figure out like what what's for me and what's not for me. And it sounds like you're doing that really, really beautifully. The thought like, this is not the person who I want to be, or this is not the person that I am. It's so interesting because it is the person that you are. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and that's I, the hard I love part who I like, am. Ugh. And it's, that's the hard part with, um, with psychiatrists. And I wonder if any of you have run into this too. It's like, they keep wanting to suggest, you know, like, you know, Oh, are you depressed? Do you not like yourself? Are you suicidal? And I'm like, wait, no, like I absolutely love myself. There's no problem with positivity. I absolutely love myself, but I just feel like, li like life is just wrestling. And mm. I want to feel like life isn't wrestling. It's calmly sitting in a chair you know, holding my wife's hand or something like, I just need this, this calm, because I'm just exhausted from feeling like it's just a wrestling match. What's so fascinating is you are like, the calm will come. If I can just stay present. And essentially, no offense, have a neurotypical brain that will just be like, <laughs> focused on the thing that I want it to be focused on at the right times all the time. Okay. I like that. Right. Yeah. And like, same. I want that too. 1 million percent. Mm -hmm. I think your journey is figuring out how do I give myself the gift of calm? Mm-hmm and not make the currency or the price of it be, I have to be present and essentially have a neurotypical brain. Sure. That's a great point. Yeah, it makes me think of someone with, um, with like ticks or someone that has even more visible, yeah. um, I don't know the right word for it, you know, ticks. Yeah. Um, their journey isn't to like end up not having ticks. Yeah it's to be all right with having them and and surrounding themselves with people too. who accept them for who they are and mm -hmm. making sure they have all the supports in place and that they're giving themselves like meeting their needs mm -hmm. like the journey is 
it, I totally resonate with that. Actually, I have a kiddo who went through a season, a couple years of having very visible ticks. And mm-hmm. it is, it's such a journey. And it is such a more physical manifestation of what's happening neurologically. And mm-hmm. it is so much more vulnerable, right? You're, it's a forced vulnerability. Whereas yeah. your vulnerability, uh, mm, I, I wonder if you're being invited into vulnerability. And here's by others I, or by myself? By your ADHD. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I wonder if ADHD, if we can personify it, is inviting you into vulnerability. The calm will come as I, as I like understand and accept myself. And as I'm willing to share with other people, like, Hey, you are so important to me. And we're going to sit down and have this meal together. And I can't wait. And if you notice that I'm wandering, I really invite you not to take it personally. Do you mind just bringing me back? Cause I want to yeah. be here with you. Do, do you see the connection and the vulnerability there in that? And obviously yeah. you reserve that for like the safest people in your life. Yeah. But I totally resonate with like, I totally resonate with what you're saying. I think that um, what you could really use from me is permission to have the calm yeah. now and permission to even maybe give up some of that fight. Okay. And even just try it out. What would that look like? What would it look like if instead of being like angry and upset or however you feel after you like come to, so to speak, Yeah. which if your brain is anything like mine, what happens is then I go into like a judgment spiral. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I just lost all this time. Where am I? Oh, Kristen, you're never going to get anything done. Okay. What am I doing? Let's get back on track. Yeah. It's like, oh, there you go again, honey. Let's bring it back. Get back on track. Right. Like, do you see how we can drop the drama with that and -hmm. just be like, all right, our brain's being a brain again. Like let's bring it back (laughs) and get back to work. What we often do. And I think this is so, um, this is so typical for um, all of us in this community, at least in some point in our lives is we heap on shame and judgment and blame and like uh, all of the things onto ourselves. I can't believe you did this. That was so stupid. Why did you, I can't like, now we're not going to get anything done. Here you go again. If you could just get this under control and it just becomes this spiral. Mm -hmm. That's really where the energy is spent. So if you're feeling like there's this, like, oh, I'm exhausted. It's so much energy. I wonder if the energy is like, if you could drop the drama of it, if so much less energy would be put out. Probably. How does that feel to you? What does that feel? Does that resonate? It does. I think, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is just, I realized that I really came into this, like, how do I fix getting distracted And I I, I definitely see how, you know, there's, there's no fixing me being me and I have to just be a hundred percent all right with me being me and not sink into just acceptance and there's nothing I can do about it. But, you know, I feel like sometimes like I'm picking, like I'm stuck in indecision, looking down at a toolbox 
And I'm like, I've got these tools and how do I use them for me? And then I just stop there and then get distracted and go make a sandwich or something. Like I don't, I just, I just like, I'm stuck not knowing which tools to use. And so that's why I don't use any of them, totally. but uh, I like having been steered a little bit back to just, you know, okay. I did just hum the same weird three notes in my head for five minutes. That's right. fine. You know, that, that makes right. me, me, right. here we go back on track. Yeah. Like yes. oh, I just dropped my mouse, but you know, here I go back on track, back into work. And so. Totally. And you, if, if work didn't take you longer, if things weren't more difficult, if you, um, if you were able to focus all of the time, you wouldn't have ADHD. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, those are the things that we just have to kind of like, okay, this is going to be harder for me. It's probably going to take me longer than my colleagues, except for that, like once a month thing that happens where I get more work done than anybody else, you know, in the short period of time. But that's like, (laughs) we don't plan for that to happen. We just know that it's going to magically happen once in a while. Um, So those kind of acceptance things, that's more of just like not adding on the layers of drama and just being like, okay. And then again, I want to pull it back to vulnerability with the relationships in your life exposing as much as you are able to safely with just being like, I am here, like I'm present and I love you, but like, also my brain will probably wander and feel free. Like you're not being rude. Feel free to be like, Mm -hmm. hello. I'll be like, Oh, I'm back. Hi. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think that'll take some of the energy that I spend masking or like hoping that they don't see it. (laughs) Hopefully that'll take some of that energy and redirecting it towards just listening. Uh, Me knowing that, okay, I'm vulnerable enough that this person knows that I might, you know, start drifting, but, but I'm here. I am here. That was beautiful. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. And wonderful to meet you in person. Oh and gosh. thank you so much for all of the, I, I closed my chat because there's literally no way I would have been able to have this conversation <laughs> if I was reading all of those. So I'm going to go back and, go and, back and check it all out. That's yeah, awesome. Thank you. Well, that's it for today, my friend. I'm so glad that you are here with me. And if you want my support, if you loved these coaching sessions, if you want more of them, Come join my focused coaching program and I would love to coach you. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. A few years ago, I went looking for help. I wanted to find someone to teach me how to feel better about myself and to help me improve my organization, productivity, time management, emotional regulation, you know, all the things that we adults with ADHD struggle with. But I couldn't find anything. So I researched and I studied and I hired coaches and I figured it out. And then I created Focused for you. Focused is my monthly coaching membership where I teach educated professional adults how to accept their ADHD brain and hijack their ability to get stuff done. Hundreds of people from all over the world are already benefiting from this program, and I'm confident that you will too. Go to IHaveADHD.com slash focused for all details.